0: Today's episode of In the Trenches is brought to you by System 12 Guitar Method. Sign up today at ryanroxy.com. In the Trenches with Ryan Roxy. Hello, 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 and welcome to another live stream episode of You Got It, In the Trenches. I am your host, Ryan Roxy. Wow, folks, what a show we have today. It's a good one. It really is. Um, I'm excited about it. I'm letting everybody sort of fill into the uh, Ryan Roxy official YouTube channel uh, chat right now. Thank you for filing in and saying your hellos. If this is your first time, uh, please hit that subscribe button that uh, Vic Chalfant, our producer, just put up on the screen. You'll get noticed uh, notifications for future shows. doesn't matter future shows, past shows. I want you to see them all, but today's the one I want you to check out. If you're listening to us on our audio broadcast, thank you very much. But make your way on over to Ryan Roxy Official on the YouTube channel because you could see our lovely faces. And this is a face you will love to see today. All right, here we go. Today's guest is here to talk about two things that don't necessarily go hand in hand, the dirtiness of rock and roll and the cleanliness of soap. Even the band that he helped establish, Skid Row, doesn't put the most hygienic of visuals in your mind. And even though that said band has been through a few lineup changes over the years, our guest has been a founding member since day one, here to talk about the new studio album and of course, soap. Would you please welcome into the beautiful smelling trenches today, Skid Row bassist, Rachel Bowen. Hello, Rachel.
1: <laughs> hey, man. How you doing? Uh, how can I top that intro <laughs> Dude, <laughs> All it's, right I'm good. We're, we're smelling good. You know, I I, I feel good. (laughs) (laughs) That was
0: great. (laughs) Greetings, greeting in the trenches. Um, I think you are somewhere in uh, the Nashville area of the United States. Uh, I'm Mm -hmm. in the the North Pole of uh, Stockholm, Sweden, and our producer Vic Ah. is somewhere... I'm sure where in the. I don't know where he's at because he's on vacation right now. So he's in an undisclosed place, somewhere sunny. I'm sure very lax COVID rules. That's where, wherever he's at. I know yeah. that the COVID rules are relaxed. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> so how are you Something dealing?
1: He must be in the South. <laughs> He's, well,
0: definitely. That's. Yeah. What, I think that's yeah. the only place where the tours are getting routed these days, man. Yeah, um, I, know. I know. Are you guys, um, do you have any plans for Skid Row to go out in uh, the remainder of 2021? Right out of the gate, I'm going to hit you with these hardball questions. Yeah.
1: Or you wait until 2022. Is it 2021 well, going out? Well, uh, everything from 2020 got pushed to this year. And now about three quarters of this, this year got pushed to 22 which uh we're all okay with um we wanted to you know things to be as safe as possible for everyone but we do have a few shows this year since things are kind of loosening up and and um kind of getting better loosening Uh, tightening
0: all the same depending on what uh what media broadcast you listen to
1: (laughs) you're absolutely right um so i mean we have some shows on the books we uh our first show is august 5th and that show's actually going to be cool because we're doing a 30th anniversary to slave to the grind show that's going to be our first one back and um we're doing slave to the grind in its entirety and then uh, we have a few more shows um in august and then a couple in september but it, it's pretty light until the end of the year and then next year if all goes well We'll probably, uh, you know, we'll be releasing the new record and we'll probably have about 100, 110 shows on the books.
0: That's killer. Well, it's, it's killer that you're doing Slave to the Grind track one to what track? I would say back in those days, 11, 12 tracks.
1: I, I, I think there's 10. Uh, really, together. you guys? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's see. Let's count them. <laughs> we got time. One, two, this is long form. 5, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. Oh, yeah, you're right. Twelve.
0: That was back well, in the know. days I'm telling you I think yeah. somewhere around the late 80s or mid maybe you know I guess somewhere around the time when Guns N' Roses put out Appetite for Destruction everyone said oh you can fill up the 75 minutes with a, of a CD with as many songs it wasn't just I about know. the 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 uh, contractual yeah. 10 songs and stuff but yeah. So, so slave to the grind you you got the you pretty much have the front line intact I love that that you know Dave's there uh r- you know you're there on bass Scotty's there on guitar uh y- drummer is coming in is that Rob
1: uh, Hammersmith Rob Hammersmith he's he's been in uh, man he's when did he join he's been in the band for 12 to 15 years I know that um, and Zp yeah. ZP yep.
0: Thart. Am I saying it right? Thart? Thart? T-Art.
1: No, Th-art. Yeah, the, no, no H. T-Art. T-Art. It, it's crazy pronunciation. <laughs> okay. So
0: I'm, I'm celebrating the new yep. lineup because, you know, yep. right out of the gate, diving right into the trenches, I want to celebrate this new lineup and this new studio album that you guys are uh, in the yeah. studio as we record this. Uh Yep. Recording, you're recording, because I, I see your updates on Instagram, and anybody that's uh, in the trenches right now in our uh, chat room, they can go check out Rachel Bowen's uh, Instagram, and you can hear these live updates or daily updates that happen. Tell us about the new studio album and what you're doing with it.
1: Well, um, we're fortunate enough to work with a producer named Nick Linux, and I'm sure uh, it's it, unless you live under a rock, that you've heard something that he's produced. He's produced a couple of Foo Fighters records, um, Stone Sour, Hailstorm, Evanescence, Rush, um, Allison Chains. He's he's got a pretty uh, impressive track record. And um, we're doing the record with him here in Nashville. Um, He's actually uh, my neighbor. And um, it is just, he has done something with us that, is just incredible. He, and the way he describes it, he grew up listening to us, you know, I mean, grew up, we're not that big of an age difference, about 10 years, I guess, but, um, it's, he, he listened to us. So as weird as it sounds, you you know, like when you listen to a band, you can listen to their first album and you'll hear that band that way for the rest of your life. Yeah, no doubt. Well, that, yeah. And then <clears throat> the band kind of strays away because, that album was part of them, but it doesn't stay as close to their heart. You know what I mean? And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just that you kind of get, you go and you just get further and further away from your roots. That said he has brought us back there. And I know so many bands say this that we're right in our roots, but he changed, he took our songs. He's like, he listened to stuff. And I'd bring a song in there. Snake and I would bring a song in, and be like, man, this song's awesome. And he, he listened to it. He goes, not Skid Row. It doesn't sound like Skid Row. and
0: We're like, man, we are Skid Row. <laughs> you know what I mean? I love it. But, uh, he has that yeah. perspective because here's what I think, uh, Rachel, is that okay? Ten years now that that we're in our place where we're at right now, 2021 isn't isn't such a big deal. But right. back in 1989, when you guys are in your early 20s, I assume, because that's what you know, we're all around the same type of age. Mm-hmm. You're in your early 20s. If it's 10 years he's just a kid, he's a teenager, you know, just getting into his teens. And when Skid Row is that, that, that band, that poster on his wall that speaks to him of he's, he's going to take it all in. Trust me. I mean, it it would be like me being able to, to, to work with cheap trick in a sense, you know, and I was able to Exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, you're exactly right. And the, um, and he's so creative and from right, right from pre-production, he was like, he'd stand in front of each guy. Just his whole process is, it, it, it just, it made me feel like I'm a better bass player now because he's like, man, you don't play stuff like that. That's not how you play this. is it. And I'm like, wow, he's right. I got away from it was the way I used to think. And he'd do it with each guy and he's like, do this, give us a squeal, give us a howl, you know, and, and all this stuff. And, and the way the songs came together, and he just kind of went in there and gutted everything, and then put it back in, and and not like this is horrible, this is uh, but it's just like here, man, let's let's put this over here, this and that, you know, just switch. To, he was like a surgeon, and he's so creative, like just listening to him, all these ideas just keep coming out, and I'm trying to keep up with him, and (laughs) he remembers everything that is said everywhere, so it's like, oh, you didn't play that note in pre-production. I'm like, man, that was three months ago. (laughs) He's like, no, you didn't play that note. That sounds like an ex-wife of
0: mine. (laughs) 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 They
1: (laughs) remember remember everything everything you ever said. (laughs) That's right, that's right. So, um, so him doing that really made us take what were good songs and build them into really great bodies of work. And as you could tell, I'm very excited about isn't, it. And We all are. Isn't that a- the role
0: of like a, 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 the best producer you could ever hope for is, is someone that just brings out the best in each band member, a head coach of, you know, he's, he's uh, a yeah. Phil Jackson or, you know, he's, he's just like bringing out the best in Dude. his team, bringing out the best of, of his players.
1: That that's exactly what he's doing, and um, you know he's. I, I was explaining this to my friend the other day, and and he just turned to me. and Goes so he's producing, and I was like, "Old school, <laughs> man! He is just going in there, you know." Right. And uh, you know, we worked really hard, and and um, the coolest thing, which was very different for me, is he does drums than rhythm guitars. Uh, I was so used to just doing. Like when I record myself or just record with other producers, it was drums than bass. Right. And um, I like I really like doing it this way, the way that Nick does it, because um, if the you know if there's any slight changes or slight inflections that the guys did on guitar, I could just follow along, and it's 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 just really cool, man. It sounds so simple, but it was like it was very daunting. I'm like, oh man, I've never done it this way. Can I? Can I do it this way? And uh, yeah, it worked out really well. I dig it.
0: I'm not sure if anybody can hear this. It's like I live in New York City all over again. But there's a there's an alarm going on, and I don't know if a bank just got robbed or somebody's scooter <laughs> got robbed. Um, but anyway, yeah. So my producer Vic is saying no one can hear it, but it's it's yeah. it's sort of. B- you know, boring a hole in one ear, and I'm I'm like listening to all this killer, you know, stories so you about the new album. I no, 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 no! I got it. And the thing I'm I'm no, I'm, I'm impressed about, and I didn't realize it until I started doing the research for for the um, uh, podcast, was this is going to be your sixth studio album, right?
1: Correct.
0: But the last okay. time you guys made a studio album was 2006. So it's it's been a while since you guys really got yeah, in there, there. Right. and 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 now you you found the right producer at the right time hmm. and the new label which puts yeah. us, me and you, as label mates. As label yeah. mates. You know, the Alice Cooper yeah. band is on ear music, and now uh, Skid Row is on ear music. So hopefully that uh, translates into hopefully some touring together at one point down the road. Oh,
1: that, that would be awesome. That would be so great. Uh, man, talk about a dream come true. I mean, I've been an Alice fan since I was, man, I was young. I was like, yeah, <laughs> whenever <laughs> I mean... I'm fourth out of four kids. My sister Joanne always had Alice Cooper records, and I'd take them to school, show and tell. Oh, I got a funny story. Killers, right? Where he's hanging the calendar, and he's hang He's hanging. I wrote that to school for show-and-tell, and I go, this is Alice Cooper record killers, and the teacher's like, killers, and it has a snake on the front. I go, yeah, and then there's a picture of him, and he's ha- there's a calendar. That's what I said. There's a calendar inside, <laughs> and I got sent home from school because he's, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, that a good would be show great. show-and-tell.
0: I think that, that yeah, Alice is. would be very proud of that show-and-tell. I will definitely tell him
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I told him a while ago, but, oh, know, shit. um, yeah, but that would be great to do some, uh, touring together. I, yeah, we got that. Uh, we got this
0: show coming up. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I didn't even Nick realize Cruise. that we're doing that. That's coming up in uh, February. So we're both on that.
1: Um, yep. and we, we've done, we did that one show a while ago out in, phoenix or somewhere in california as well we did we did a california show it was like a northern
0: california show um that's a very fun show that we did and i remember you know this isn't the first time we've been label mates and um maybe maybe just you know just for animation's sake so we can have a little get back to go forward and go back to get forward maybe we should have a little bit of that right now vic is that cool We have to have some sort of motorcycle sound effect like at least it. once like an it. episode. Uh, but w- what we'll do is we'll catch up a little bit. Like I said, I wanted I wanted to get the new album, uh, you know, in everybody's mind right now. Because and then of course later we're going to talk a little bit about cleanliness and your soap and everything that happens there. <laughs> but going back to us being on the same label at one point, and you might we were talking right before uh, we we came on air. And you might not remember it, but because and I'll tell you the reason why, you got signed to Atlantic Records, Skid Row did by the right guy. <laughs> we got signed, I'll say not by the right guy. I'm you know he's since gone on to become this big uh, power broker in the business and stuff like that. so but our singer and our A and r guy, didn't get along. So that's kind of a recipe for disaster. But we were both mm-hmm. on Atlantic Records when we first uh in the late 80s. I was in a band called wow. Electric Angels, and you were in a band of called course. Skid Row. Yeah. So, and we were both New York based, you were kind of Jersey based a yeah. little bit more, yeah. but we had a lot of things in common. And I'm not sure if you remember we actually did a show together. Uh it was that
1: was that, that LaMore
0: It was no. It was Poughkeepsie, okay. New York, the chance. It was chance. Okay. right where you guys, right when you guys were blowing up and I have this thing called the Mary Gormley incident. And I'm not sure if uh-huh. you ever, Do you remember I this? I remember this. You remember yeah. the incident? We were
1: the we were the supporters. Uh, the, we okay. the The mic flew off and hit her right in the chest in the upper tier in the balcony.
0: I saw it. Because we had done our show, so here's what happened. Uh, For those of you that don't know, uh, Vic, maybe you can put up a picture of uh, the Chance, and you can put up the seating arrangement. You don't have that? Okay. I thought he'd have a picture of that, but uh, (laughs) we we supported Skid Row, and it was right before you guys busted open, like, big Mm -hmm. time. And um, we played this smaller club, but it had a balcony called uh, the Chance in Poughkeepsie. It's kind of like it's, it's on that club tour. You hit it every single yeah. time you, you're, you're on that circuit. And uh, we had done the support, and then we were going to watch the show. And then all of a sudden, I'm watching a song, and an SM58 microphone, which is a, kind of like a nice projectile, comes winging around, nearly misses me by like three feet, and it literally hits a perfect shot in the chest of one of the biggest a well she was one of the biggest a and r girls in the biz at that point yeah she was and um were there ever any repercussions from that incident
1: uh just from her she was pissed (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean well she Uh, she was
0: winded she got the wind knocked out of her
1: literally man it was just And, and and mary is tiny you know what i mean and like I I was just thankful it hit her in the chest and not in the face. Um, But, yeah, she was not happy. Mary and I are still friends to this day, so it didn't ruin our friendship. (laughs) But uh, you, you say that it went like it missed you by three feet. The other person, it must have gone between you and, you know, who the person you were probably sitting no, three or six, six feet from. Who was it? My mother. Yes. <laughs> my mother. We out yeah, my you, mom and dad were up there. We were watching
0: it up on that balcony, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah.
1: oh, fuck, man! So th- there you go. She, the Mary Gormley she she incident. Heard, she said she heard it whistle by, and then turned around, and Mary was like that. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty and, and, crazy. It,
0: so I, I did have to actually go and yeah, go down that rabbit hole and find out what she's up to now. Dan, I know she has a new yeah. media company that she's working with mm-hmm. right now. I think the dots collect uh, dot to dot. Um, well, I, I, like- I just wanted to make sure that she, you know she was okay, health wise, <laughs> that the yeah, yeah, yeah hadn't had like long term repercussions before I brought up this Mary Gormley incident. <laughs> yeah,
1: <no. laughs> oh, that's so funny! But you're wearing Mary's the right the shirt.
0: You're wearing that. You're wearing the, the. I remember this from growing up. Uh, you know, boy Howdy beer wasn't that yep. the beer that they would hawk in in Cream that, Magazine? That
1: was the beer. Yeah, actually, dude, I'm so you, you I have one so into- I don't, but I ordered the. Oh, I don't have them in the drawer. Oh wait, I ordered these labels so that you could put them on a beer can.
0: There it is, folks. Boy, yeah. howdy, beer!
1: So, yeah. so you could wrap you could wrap your own beer can in it. Okay, so you, have you seen the documentary? No, I haven't yet. All right, uh, it, it's it's pretty unbelievable. I've watched it about four times. It, it what's it called? If you were in the uh, cream. Bro, uh, America's only rock and roll magazine. Okay. Just the name of the magazine. Um, it, it is directed, uh, by Scott uh, Crawford. Um, we're, I we're friends on Instagram. He's super cool. We've chatted back and forth a few times and he always gives me props when I wear this, uh, oh, like in a the... picture or something. <laughs> and it's just, it's just so cool, man. Um, it was like, it that you know, magazines when we were kids, it was like the internet, you know. I but was you just had just gonna wait.
0: say that that, yeah, before there was the internet,
1: that was the only yeah. way
0: you could find out about your favorite band, and you had to wait a month, a month,
1: <laughs> and then when Circus went bi weekly, everyone was like, Yeah, because <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, Cree magazine, I liked, um, I it, it, it because. I don't know. It was a little more sarcasm and, and uh, a little less fluff. It was always my my favorite of the uh, magazines from back in the day. But man, you know, rock scene was awesome. Circus was awesome. Uh, they were just great. Uh, in order for me way- to find out about Cheap <laughs> Trick,
0: it was it was Circus or uh, it was Circus or it was Cream Magazine, and then mm-hmm. I think right around the time that we sort of started releasing albums and you guys just started. Going up into the stratosphere, Metal Edge was sort of like the passing of the torch to the next of that, yes. right?
1: Rip, Abs- absolutely. Rip, Rip magazine. Rip was great. Yeah, Kerrang. Yeah. and then Karang, yeah, which was from the UK, and then Burn from Japan. Um, although I could never read what they said in it, but they eventually <laughs> did an English version. Yeah, Scott Crawford um, is, is the guy that directed that movie, and it's it's just phenomenal. phenomenal all right
0: well we'll check out you know what we're not here to talk about the cream documentary we're here with rachel bowen talking about the new skid row album that they're in and his new uh soap enterprise um but we're still going back to get forward right now and uh okay talking about some similarities that we also have um as you can see, folks, if you're watching on our Ryan Roxy official YouTube channel, which I highly recommend instead of listening to the audio, but we thank you for listening to the audio, is that both Rachel and I have a nose ring on the same side. And I, and, and I, I bet, and we've both had it, because at this point, it does seem just kind of like it's part of who you are, right? I mean, it's just... Yeah, I, I No yeah. one ever comes up to me and goes, Oh my God, you have a nose
1: ring, old man.
0: No, they just kind of go... <laughs>
1: Hey. <laughs> go to the guy next to hey you don't have a nose ring. Yeah.
0: <laughs> True. But but the thing is I got mine I believe in 1988, right? Right. Same. Now, yep. I was always curious cuz you said you were from Philly. What was that I got mine down at that place on the main street that Philly's that had what was it called that that, that everybody got it done and I wanted to remember uh, it was a, it was like uh, a punk, a punk I, rock actually, store.
1: I, You're from yeah. Uh, I, I used to go to Philly a lot. I'm actually from Tom's River in New Jersey, okay. but I used to go to Philly a lot. And are you thinking Zipperheads?
0: Zipperheads. That's exactly it. Yep, that's where yep, I got my my, my buddy Stefan and I yeah. were we were playing an Electric Angels show, and uh, mm. Stefan came down with me, and we we're like, "How are we going to remember Philly? You know, we because we can't remember last night. What can we do today where we're walking? <laughs> what, what what is it? South Street or what's the main street down? South
1: Street." Yeah, South Street. And it was yep. right.
0: Zip, Zipperhead, you said?
1: Z- Zipperheads. And then on the same side of the street, uh, a couple blocks down, was my favorite cheesesteak place. It wasn't like, <laughs> you know, the cheese was or anything. It was called Ishka Bibbles. <laughs> and it was really good. I liked it a lot there. <laughs> so <laughs> so it was like, yeah, go show. I I remember Zipperheads was the only place I could find a 45 Grave shirt. And I, yeah. I probably still have it. Doesn't fit anymore because it kept shrinking, and I guess I kept growing. But <laughs> no. Do you yeah. want a party? Yes, oh, party. yeah, it's so great!
0: It still is such a great song. Uh, Forty-five Grave, really I think it was a soundtrack to the to the one of the more hipper Night of the Living Dead uh, yeah, sort was, of albums. It was, like it was a little bit of an offshoot, that, that, right?
1: Day of the Dead or something like that, right?
0: No, Day of the Dead yeah. was the next day where they went into the mall. No, no, that was Dawn of the Dead. You're right. You're, you're right. You're exactly right.
1: I, think, I think it was. It may have been Day of the Dead. I'm not sure.
0: Night of the Living Dead, shot in Pennsylvania, black and white, low budget. You know, um, right. But classic, obviously. And then uh, Dawn of the Dead, shopping mall first, and then, then then it's like zombies in color, one of the first times zombies yeah. are in color and then,
1: I remember yeah then day of the I think it was day of the I day, think they are right I now. remember it, it was a little more campy and and you know that's where brains you know, and, they, <laughs> yes, say, you know? and they were
0: fast they weren't slow remember that was, yeah. I think it was the first yeah, they, time they where some, the, the zombies kind yeah. of actually moved a little bit faster so
1: yeah yeah
0: Maybe preparing us right. more for, like, what it is actually going to happen in our zombie apocalypse. I'm not sure. Could be. Could be. <laughs> so, I do have to thank, like, while we're both here on screen and we're both not um, sweaty messes yet, and we still look good for a screenshot, so many people <laughs> that uh, helped out with this week's episode because I do have a segment called Let the People Speak. And um, I will play that animation just for gratuitous reasons a little bit later. But I want to give credit to all the people that put in questions because they are sort of guiding us through the script today. I couldn't get all your questions in, but all the names you see right there. Wow. And this was a lot of people that contributed to asking questions about Rachel Bowen, about Skid Row, about the soap. No questions about me, but thank you very much for everybody that uh, contributed there. You,
1: you know, some people I re- there. I, I recognize our Skid uh, Skid Row fan forum okay. uh, directors on there. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> so we just want to thank
0: everybody that uh, did contribute to uh, this week's episode. We're here with Rachel Bowen from Skid Row. And um, well, you know what? I wanted to talk a little bit about the beginning of the band. First, the beginning of your name, because my name's Ryan Roxy. It's a sort of uh, abbreviation of my long Polish name. At least, at least okay. that's the story I like to tell. Um, but <laughs> yours is completely different. Uh, you know, James Richard Southworth. Which I kind of mm-hmm. think, you know, Southworth is a pretty friggin' cool name out of the gate, but Bolin, <laughs> you liked T Rex, am I right?
1: Big time. I uh, that that's where that was my tribute to Mark Bolin because his songwriting and and just T Rex as a whole had uh, just made such an impact on me. There he is, and um, uh, yeah, and, and as far as Rachel goes, I just. I was trying to come up, you know, kid with dreams, like, oh, I want a stage name, want a stage name. And I w I wasn't sure about what I was going to use as the last name, but I just started taking family names and combining them and seeing what would come up. And then I took my brother's name, which is Richard and my grandfather's name, which was Manuel and boom, I put them together and I'm like Rachel and being an Alice Cooper fan, I always thought it was cool. For a guy to have a chick's name, and I'm like, yeah. I was like, yeah. You know what? Parents are gonna hate it. They're <laughs> absolutely gonna hate it. Awesome. <laughs> What's my last name gonna be? I'm and, <laughs> Yeah, and, and so yeah, and so I just uh, I thought about Mark Bolin, and I'm like, yeah. There's an, there's room for another Bolin. So, <laughs> and then I I legally changed it um, eventually. You know, I changed it, and uh, yeah, it's funny the the. In the beginning, the label didn't want me to use the name, management didn't want me to use the name, and I was like,
0: Why is I have that? A problem. You think, I mean, did, did they because that name sounds I think it sounds instant rock star, just add water, yeah. or just add alcohol, would yeah. one? Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know, I, I honestly don't know. Every Everyone didn't think, uh, our, our first managers, like, you know, you're going to be called this for the rest of your life, and I was like, Yeah, that's, that's, that's the that's point. The, that's the goal and the point. Yeah. And, uh, the, the label was, uh, had said to me more than one time is like, you know, you're born with a rock star's name. Why don't you just keep that? And didn't want me to wear the nose ring. Didn't want me to wear the nose chain. And I I have a problem with authority when they just try to hold me back from being creative. (laughs) I I think
0: reverse uh, psychology might've worked well, but yeah, I mean, back in the day, I think, we all had, um, you know, when anybody would say, oh, well, do your impersonation of Skid Row, everyone would just go like this.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, right. And, that's <laughs> funny. But
0: but it set you apart for sure. It, it gave you it, your identity.
1: And that's exactly what I was trying to do. You know, it was, uh, and I, I'm a punk rock kid, and, you know, uh, the Sex Pistols fan, the, the, the chick, she had... She had the was nose Susie chain. In the band? Like, who, who was it? That, was it? Um, it was. It was the. Uh, I think she called herself Cat Girl, and she was um, always at the Sex Pistols show. So you, she you was probably hanging out with Susie
0: and the band. Susie from Susie and the
1: band probably. She... And then she had that girl had the nose chain, and I was like, That Hine. is cool." Yeah, yeah. I was like, "This is really cool," and she was their fan, and uh, so it always kind of stuck with me so once I pierced my nose I'm like I'm going to kick a chain in there and I did it and still wearing it I, 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 I got rid of it for a while and people were pissed <laughs> really I I, <laughs> yeah.
0: I I got my nose pierced before I got my ear pierced
1: you? oh really wow yeah. yeah did you do ear no, first no I, I had my ears done first okay. and I saw and this is what made me want to get my nose pierced was Peter Burns from Dead or Alive ah um, yeah and I was like, man, oh, all right, rest
0: and... in peace, rest in peace, Feeder. Yeah, bro. he man. was great. He was yeah. a, he was an ultimate rock star. Um, oh yeah, spin me round, round,
1: baby, rat round. Yeah. I, I
0: love that whole first yeah. album. And and his his, yeah. his other band member that he had uh, his his the guy that played guitar was cool. Really, there was two of them that had yeah. that
1: vibe, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And they they were kind of like you know, sort of like Tears for Fears. Those were the focus, like Wham and stuff like that. And I just thought, this dude is so cool, and he just gives zero fucks. Shit, man. <laughs> yeah, gives zero fucks. And, and he just is going out there and doing his thing, and, and I'm like, I dig that. I dig that. And I pierced my nose, um, and then eventually I got one on each side, and then I took one of them out. I took both of them out for a short time, but then I put... put uh, Too, much pushback. Back in.
0: Too much pushback from yeah. the skid row purists.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, then I, I, I didn't wear the chain for many, many years. And the guys uh, were always like, come on, man, throw the chain back in. Throw the chain back in. And I was like, yeah. So I dug one up. I found it. Well, this is when I was still living in Atlanta. And we were playing Rock, And I didn't tell him and I brought it with me. (laughs) And everyone's like, All right, showtime, let's go, let's go, let's go. And actually Eddie Trunk was there too. And he's like, All right, I'm gonna go announce you guys. And and I just I was there in a second, went in the bathroom real quick and put it put it on. Go running a catch up. And everyone's putting their guitar on. And Scotty, I remember he's putting his guitar, he goes, Whoa! It's bad and he's like and Eddie comes out. I'm going to announce you guys holy shit! <laughs> everyone was here. It was so funny, man. Back on so, the chain
0: gang, dude. I love it.
1: Yeah, uh, you know yeah, uh, yeah exactly.
0: <laughs> there was a time, actually, I think probably in the 90s, where you could have, and it's probably progressed and it's lasted way too long, if you, la- if you ask our drummer, Glenn Sobel, but you could have had the <laughs> nose going to the ear, then going down to your wallet. Now you could have yeah, a chain right. wallet going. I, know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, used to, I used to get asked so many crazy questions about that thing. The, the funniest was I always used to get, "What do you do if you have a cold?" And I was like, "I undo the chain and I blow my nose." I don't know, but the funniest, <laughs> the funniest <laughs> was, "What happens if you turn your head real fast?" And I was like, "What do you mean? Like, doesn't it get tight?" And I'm like. Um. There it is. There's the return. I guess, it, yeah. I'm. I'm thinking. Does it get tight? I go. What are you saying? Like when you pull. Like if you turn your head, doesn't the chain like <laughs> lose all the slack? And I was like, We've uh, worked no, out the yeah.
0: mathematics of it. I'm
1: like, Hang on a second. And, go, <laughs> and I'm like, You see what I'm saying? And they're like, Oh.
0: <laughs> we've, we've tested every angle we are snag free
1: uh, yeah yeah it's not connected to my shoulder <laughs> that, I
0: that was being important. said though rachel there had to have at least least been one or two chain nose chain malfunctions over the years there had to have yeah. been because i mean i i, I yeah. from time to time at least once or you know once or twice every couple of years i'll i'll catch something whether it's a fucking towel or whether it's yeah. you know it's yeah. like my wife's shoulder or something like that i'll just yeah. and this thing will knock off and i'll go ah oh, son of a bitch it's hard to put back yeah. in
1: well i uh, i always got a lock like this one's been in my nose since it's it's been in my nose about 20 years probably it's, it just locks yeah. and, and that's it it's there but uh, twice I caught, my, uh, caught the chain on one of my tuners on my bass and it just, pow, ripped it right out of my ear but stayed in my nose. My ear hurt really bad um, because it kind of, like, ripped the hole a little bit. Just a little bit. But the nose hurt just from the initial tug. Wow. And so, you know, your eyes fill up and you're just like, wow And then yeah, I did that <laughs> twice on stage. And then one time it just broke the chain completely and I saw stars, man. Oof. It was, uh, I think Vic has a
0: Vic. Do you have a clip of that? Vic, you want to put that clip up of that? You don't have it. Vic was (laughs) now there's two fingers up. He's going like that. (laughs) You're on vacation, Vic. If we weren't on vacation, I would expect you to have that clip of when that happened.
1: I love it. (laughs) But back in the day when my hair was really long, I'd always get caught up in it, you know, and I'd go to pull it and it'd just be just a knot. And you know, do half half the show with your hair tangled with your chain. I just undo it and just leave it in the hair.
0: You made a commitment that
1: when the show was on, you
0: made a commitment. But look, people people freaked out when it came when it went away, and now and they embraced it when it came back. So obviously, it was the right decision to make. Another decision that you guys made. How about that first segue? I'm getting good at this. Whoa. You're slick. You are slick. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's
0: because you got the cream shirt on. I love it, man. I... All right. <laughs> Another decision that you guys made was to call the band Skid Row because, folks, and tell me if I'm wrong, we there might na- never have been, or at least not the same way we hear it today, uh, a thing called Love, or do you believe in a thing called Love from a band called The Darkness? If you guys hadn't changed your name to... Skid Row, because you started out, I think, in 86 as, was it The Darkness, or did was it just Darkness? Darkness. Darkness.
1: Okay. Yeah, it was Darkness. Um, that, uh, yeah, that was, we weren't really, we, we had a few songs. This is when I first met Snake, and he's just like, I got this idea for, uh, it was actually from an Aerosmith song. Um, I forget which song, particularly, but um, yeah. Yeah. So there he is. Uh, so we, um, you know, we we had never played a gig with it or anything. We were just using it as, as our name. And then uh, we were driving to rehearsal. We used to rehearse in New Brunswick. And the where I met Snake at the music store was in Tom's River. So I pick him up and we drive up to New Brunswick for rehearsal. And it was, it was about an hour drive. And, and uh, I go, are you feeling darkness? Are you feeling that? And he's like, eh, I go back and forth, you know and i go we, we should just throw something else out there and then that's we came up with skid row on that car drive and <laughs> what, what if you would have said
0: i'm feeling the darkness what <laughs> <do you think? laughs> Yeah. Then have, it, some little it, kid's dreams in England would have been it, crushed it, it, at that point. Destroyed. <laughs> it, it,
1: yeah, destroyed. Oh, all uh, night. <laughs> <wah, wah, wah. laughs> but, uh, yeah, so th- that's when we came up with Skid Row, and I told, uh, we walked in. I said, yeah, we changed the name of the band. And here, like, I'm, you know, I knew Snake. I didn't know the guys in the band all that well. They were guys he was jamming with. And I just, uh, I went in, I was just like, yeah, we uh, changed the name of the band. Everyone's like, what? And they were looking at me like, who
0: the fuck is this guy? What is <laughs> Apparently the, the name, name, name changer.
1: The- <laughs> <laughs> the name the band. Who the fuck is he? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, pretty funny. That's
0: great, though.
1: I mean, because very, f- you know?
0: very few band names get changed when you're carpooling probably. That might've been the first, you know, usually these yeah. big long brainstorm sessions that happen, but you know, you guys are driving up the, what, what exit it was, was it? It was probably the, the turnpike.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're on a garden state parkway. And, and what, what they just come up with the name, uh, cause we were just like, well, what do you want to call it? What should we call it? Like, I don't know. And like being a punk rock kid, I always loved, the before the name, um, It probably wouldn't have worked for us, but uh, I said, because we had just, we were pulling, just drove past where there must have been an accident that just got cleared, and literally there were skid marks, like, all over the place, covering all four lanes, and I go the skids, and then I think, uh, yeah, that snake goes. That's cool. Not sure about the, the, he was a metal kid, you know, so I was yeah. like, not sure about the before the name. <laughs> I go, what about skids? And he's like, yeah, skids, I don't know. And then uh, he said, like, what about skid row? And we were both quiet for about four miles thinking about it. And I look, I look at him, we're both broke. I'm looking to make sure I have enough toll money in the cup holder, <laughs> you know? And I am like, yeah, that could work. That could work. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I like this. I like this. And that's how we came up with it. And we drove up and told the other guys and they got mad at me. And then you did
0: <laughs> I mean, and then you did one of the most classic things. And honestly, I just thought of this now and I have my Hold on. You did one of the one of the most classic things to do, which is punk rock cuz you you make the first album And you do the brick wall rock band shot, just like the Ramones, just like, (laughs) you know, so many rock bands back in the day. And guess what? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That
1: that whole, like, especially the the, uh, cover on the back, uh, the back cover of the album, that was all just an idea about making it look like the first Ramones record. You know, yeah. wanted an alley shot. Have it in black and white, and that was supposed to be the cover. Snake and I wanted that as the cover, and then the cover was the uh, originally the back cover. The front cover it was just in reverse. You just and then it. He, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: The the art department came in. No, 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 no. We were just kids. We didn't know. We didn't have any power. So no, no. It was so we, Atlantic Records yeah. in
0: New York City. You're on Atlantic Records, and and yeah. you know. They would. Yeah. We, we had with Electric Angels. We had a black and white album cover, black and white shot with guess what, red uh, logo. So they uh, there was definitely yeah. a theme rolling back in those days.
1: Yeah. Well, we we used the guy uh, that did the Georgia satellites because I love that album cover, the first album, and I love the whole vibe. And Snake, you know, dug it, and we uh, we got him. And he he shot the see that's a back, that that was originally the front cover and Mark Weiss took that picture. Oh, Mark's great. Uh, yeah, that
0: that, that and yeah. see so so keep that shot up there, folks. Get that shot in your head because a couple years later, I'm playing in a band called Sweden in Sweden called Casablanca, and there you go. There's the album. There you have it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's awesome.
0: Apocalyptic youth, and I think it was the exact yeah. same. Uh, idea so was like like let's let's take this brick wall some why are brick walls and rock and roll so cohesive
1: i don't know but man they put us in front of so many brick walls during the, the course <laughs> of our career and then it switched to the uh the bay doors <laughs> with the metal slats you know it's like now it's, those are those are new brick wall but uh it's funny is like that back cover that you just showed um That's not a real alley like Mark built that alley. That's all plywood and those fake bricks and everything. And we built it to look like, well, he did built it to look like a, um, just a beat up old dingy alleyway, which I thought was really cool.
0: I think we got to get Mark Weiss on the uh, podcast. I'm sure he'd have a few good stories about all the photo he's shoots he's done. Yeah, he's
1: a trip. Yeah. Every
0: time we play Jersey, I he's you know he's there, he's there shooting, and um, yeah, when we yep. you know it used to be called the Garden State Center. Now it's probably called PN, I think it's PNC, now. PNC. Yeah, P N C yeah. Art
1: Center it used to be called Garden State Art Center. Yep.
0: Well, damn. I, I mean, I was living in New York with with Electric Angels, and I think I saw the show. That was probably one of your biggest shows. and You've had some really big shows, but if you don't mind talking about them, uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll get into that. And of course, we're going to get into the soap. But folks, All right. but right now, let's talk a little bit about the microphones and the headphones that we're using right now with a quick commercial break. We're here with Rachel Bowen from Skid Row, and you're going to hear about Biodynamic Mics. Come on, Vic. Hello, folks. Roxy here. Hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. I'm very excited today to announce our newest sponsor, Biodynamic. They produce some of the industry's very best quality microphones and headphones, and that's why they're the perfect fit right here in the trenches. You're hearing my voice today through the great TG V70 microphone. This mic is perfect for any home studio, plus I get to use it on stage. I have paired the mic with the Legendario Biodynamic Studio headphones, and they're called the DT770 Pros. These are amazing for analytical listening, truly the most authentic sound experience I've ever had. So whether it's listening to a podcast or one of your favorite albums, I definitely recommend these. Treat yourself right with Biodynamic Gear, the gold standard in high fidelity. Now, let's get back to the podcast. I think it's time for us to put a new commercial up, Vic. I, they're not our newest sponsor. What are you talking about? I, I still got the same damn hat on, though. But <laughs> 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 that hasn't changed. But but they're, they're one of our great sponsors, and we do love biodynamic. And uh, they, we are they back. Are pretty great, Mike. Yeah, and I'm I'm using it yeah. right now, and I'll be using it. Yeah, I'm, they're I'm, awesome. I'm lucky to use uh, to play some uh, shows, uh, some sort of acoustic shows in Sweden the, the, this this month. I get to do some stuff like that. Um, are you playing any uh, stuff? on your own, uh, before skid row? Like, are you, are you, have you you done any sort of acoustic shows or or anything like that?
1: Uh, no, no, I haven't, um, played since, let's see, it was March first week of March, 2020. Wow. Okay. Uh, okay. Other than the studio. And then that's just, uh, yeah, I I haven't, I, I, we've written over zoom and stuff like that, but I, uh, Yeah, haven't done a show. You were saying saying that the band is sort of
0: uh, the band is very national. You got guys that are in New York. You got guys that are in L.A. You got guys that are in Georgia. You're in Nashville. Um, Is it one of those situations where you really did all collaborate via Zoom or Skype? Yeah,
1: yeah. When when uh, a few few times uh, when we wrote because this this album has been so long in the making, um, but. But during the pandemic, at its worst, we, uh, you know, when Snake and I wrote, we we got together over Skype and wrote. But it's 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 weird because when you play guitar and you try to sing your idea over it, everything just cancels out. It's a little it's just delay. Really bizarre. That latency yeah, and, and stuff,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. So um, when we uh, when we went to pre-production with Nick, like because of all the restrictions from the UK to the US. Z couldn't even be there. So he was he was getting a feed uh, and he, we just saw him on a screen. So it was like he was sitting behind a desk <laughs> wow. in, in the room with us, which was cool because he could hear what was going on and, and he'd have his input and ideas. Um, so thankfully that worked out and it was a uh, there wasn't much latency, which was nice, but still it's just like, there's nothing like having all five of us in a room. But nice. you got to, you know, you got to make concessions uh, under circumstances.
0: Well, let me ask you this, Do you, you know, cause you come up with, you know, the name of the band. We heard that story. Have you got any working titles for this next album? Or are you keeping those under wraps or maybe something you can, <sighs> maybe an Easter egg, you can give, uh, some skid row fans of what they might, um,
1: working titles. We, are good. Yeah. Well, we, we have a couple ideas, but we're not even sure of them. Um, it's probably going to be the name of one of the songs. That's all I'm going to give you. <laughs> all right.
0: That's all. Right. We'll but, uh, take it. We'll take it. Yeah. We'll take what we can get, man. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so, now uh, I just have we're... to wrestle out those 10 song titles and we'll be full. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Uh, that's funny. But, uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're, it's funny because we were just having this conversation the other day. It's like, what do we want to call this? You know, cause the label's asking, our management is asking and, and, um, and it, it's, uh, it, the fans uh, are asking. It's it's been like I know it's I know. been
0: 15 years since a studio album came out.
1: They are yeah. Well, what, we we put out two um, two EPs. Okay. Um, but they weren't. This is our first full length since uh, yeah, like 2013, I think. Okay. Okay. But uh, yeah, uh, I'm psyched. I'm psyched to just you know every everything is just in line. Like you said, ear music. Their their team over there is amazing like they get it and they have such great ideas for how they want to approach this and you know, we zoomed with them not too long ago and i got usually you know how you have those those meetings and you get off the phones like was my voice even heard like or does it not with those guys those guys are just full-on have the ideas ha- have a game plan and um i i think things are going to Cool. Things are going to go well between us and your music. And seeing what they did for you guys is just. Yeah, they, know, they
0: definitely uh, promoted Alice's records amazingly so, well so far.
1: No doubt yeah, I mean, there. it was a number one record. How many countries was the number one, including yeah. the United States? It, and that's a good record. It deserves to be. That's a really oh, good cool. record. Thanks, man. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: I think that uh, how we can. <sighs> Are, are, are you going to be, you have the slave to the grind 30th anniversary uh, gig coming up. So obviously you're not going to be playing any of these new songs is the first time we're going to be hearing these new songs is going to be on that cruise and that rock cruise, or might you uh, slip out a few of them before then?
1: Um, no one else. will probably get a couple out um, at least live. i not sure. Cause we're looking at spring of uh, 22 for the release. Okay. That's that's, that's the rumblings I'm hearing. So you probably uh, drop
0: drop a few of chop drop, drop a few of them at, at the cruise for sure.
1: I'm hoping. <clears throat> I'm hoping. So yeah, I'm trying to.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to get the 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 fans, like something. Come on, he made a commitment. They're gonna play a new songs at the cruise. Let's go to yeah. the cruise.
1: <laughs> hey, yeah. Stranger things have happened. <laughs> very true.
0: Very true. But well, yeah, yeah. I want to talk about the live shows. The one that I saw you write uh, probably one of the biggest shows that I had seen and maybe a homecoming of sorts for you. What was it like for you? Um, you guys opened up for Bon Jovi and, uh, at the, uh, new New York giants, giant stadium,
1: giant stadium. yeah. That was a
0: huge gig. And I remember seeing you guys and you went on the afternoon. Was that, a, yeah. was that one of the bigger homecoming shows for you to do? Like, Hey, wow, we're doing it. Or had you played giant stadium before at that point?
1: No, we never did. And yes, it was definitely at that point it was, uh, it was pretty incredible. Uh, it, there's a up and a down to the whole thing. It's cause we, we had been on tour with Bon Jovi for a while and as you know, direct support. And then we didn't find out till like a week beforehand that we were opening the show in front of Billy Squire, which yeah he he had a lot of hits and, and yeah know, it he, is it, that's
0: a tough one because Billy Squire is kind of that New York area staple and he's got the hits he's got the history and and you know what was it the most yeah. amazing album that came out with the stroke on it what was it called um
1: was that Tale of the tape I can't remember it was the
0: one god damn it he's he's sitting uh, i think against a brick wall and he's, but he's <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's good, but so you know that was his only show on the tour, so it's it was Ah, like okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, uh, it it was tough. It was it was a a tough pill to swallow. But it was, but you know what?
0: It was that thing. It was full when you got. At least I remember it.
1: It was. It It was was full full
0: when it was when I was, and I know it was in the afternoon. I remember it because I because I hung out all day with that. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was definitely a big show and I could tell that you guys were excited to do
1: it. Yeah, it it was incredible. It's the first time I ever saw a Skid Row banner and it was so, it was so far in the back up towards (laughs) the top of the stadium. And I just saw, uh, something that said big guns and Skid Row and, um, I was on stage and I couldn't stop looking at it. And I just remember that my parents were in one of the press boxes watching it. And I don't, I didn't know which one, but my whole family was up there, all of our families. And I just kept looking over there and looking at that sign, looking at all the people, looking at us on stage going, wow, man, I grew up an hour south of here. That's what, man. That's what I'm saying. That's what yeah. I'm saying.
0: It's got to be such a cool feeling to play that hometown gig. And you're right there, man.
1: Wow. It was, it, it was pretty incredible. And so that kind of washed everything away, you know, the, the, cause we were all pretty bitter about that whole deal, but it all went away once we went out. I mean, there were seventy-three thousand people there. Exactly, so, exactly. You know, know. We, <laughs> that'll get you over everything. That'll get you over the, the hump. <laughs> you know?
0: It would have been better if there was eighty-five thousand, but you know, seventy-three's yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, so bad. Yeah, so it was really
1: cool. And and that the fact that they pulled off the um, the catwalk that Bon Jovi used to have that was probably about three times the size of what it usually is inside an arena. I couldn't believe they did that, man. That was that was something <laughs> that I'd never seen before. And it was crazy because I saw those guys when Bon Jovi was on. Those guys were out there, and that thing's swaying and yeah, swaying. Yeah. I, you know, because John never grabbed the bars. He always just went out and did his thing, and I saw him grab it a couple of times. going <laughs> it's out. It's a dude, glorified
0: so erector hot. set. Remember those things you used to make as a yeah, kid? Man.
1: The erector set. They're just kind of like, let's hope it works. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) It was cool as hell, man.
0: Speaking of big gigs like that, probably one Mm. of the biggest ones that goes down in uh, history is the Moscow Peace Festival. And I just, I actually uh, just saw a thing on YouTube. I watched this channel called Weird History, and they go through these Mm. timelines of each year. And my wife and I were watching 1989. So that's how I know it was in 1989. Yeah. But what a friggin' huge show. Now, keep on there. Just look at the—this is the first time that uh, really uh, Russia's opening up to, like, some heavy metal rock. I know that the Scorpions might have been there once before, but this show is is huge. Bon Jovi, Aerosmith, Motley Crue, Scorpions, uh, you know, Skid Row, Cinderella— more to be announced. Do you really need to announce more when you have that?
1: Here's something crazy. Aerosmith wasn't on that show.
0: Uh-huh.
1: I just noticed that. I so, just saw that. I never saw that before.
0: Really? So so, so that yeah. was misinformation coming out of Russia from
1: 1989. Ha! <laughs> ha! Aerosmith wasn't there. <laughs> Mystery <Yeah>.
0: solved.
1: <laughs> I wonder if I maybe they were originally the Nazi... Took their place because Ozzy was on the
0: show. Ozzy was the one that ended up coming over instead of Aerosmith.
1: Ooh, that poster! I I want to get a hold of one of those. Where did Vic get that?
0: All right. So so now was that the was that the infamous uh, gig that Tommy Lee and Bon Jovi had an argument over pyro? or was that yeah. a different gig and and were you guys no, that, sort of in the middle of that and <laughs> what happened there
1: no nah, we, we weren't really in the middle of it but we, when it went down I know uh from I didn't see any of this happen but I remember uh Motley flipping out and I, I think Tommy punched Doc in the head or something like that I'm not really sure but um yeah it was uh it was an issue but it, didn't involved lot, so I didn't give a shit. <laughs> when, when it comes to
0: blows over Pyro, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's, it, it, it's rock and roll at that point. I mean, you know, yeah. Yeah. I, I had I mean, always heard the urban legend was that, you know, yeah, Bon Jovi said, we're not going to use Pyro. And so Motley didn't use Pyro because they went on before. And then, well, yeah. once Motley was off stage and Bon
1: Jovi used Pyro. And then that was, yeah.
0: that was the crux of it.
1: Right. Yeah. That's, that's, and that's pretty much what I heard, too. And and, and you're, you're in Skid Row. You're
0: saying, we're just fucking happy to be in Moscow, you know? Yeah. You're bitching over Pyro.
1: We had over for Billy Squire in our hometown. <laughs> and I'm still angry about it.
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad that that gig and uh, so many others ha- has everything sort of water under the bridge at this point. And you guys yeah, are yeah. are going back out on tour uh, the end of 2021. And of course you have a big year plan for 2022 with the new album, with the title that hasn't been said yet. It hasn't been completely disclosed, but right. I can tell you one thing that is actually, um, one thing that is actually out there and has a name, has a website <laughs> and that's sort of your new uh, enterprise, your new pet project. And I need to know, if this is even a word, can you actually call yourself a soapologist?
1: Is that even a word? I don't
0: know. I Uh. think it's a word I might have made up or that I saw once on the internet and I just said, Uh. because there are different words to describe what you do. We're talking about uh, Rachel Bowen's uh, sort of endeavor into the soap business. You could either be called a soaper. Or you could be called a uh, what's it called here? A chandler, like chandler. Yeah, a chandler. Like a
1: chandler Bing. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Like from Friends. No, but yeah. a chandler is someone that back in the old school days they would sell uh, candles and, of course, soap. So what is it?
1: I, 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 somebody said a soap expert. That's funny. Um, I. I've been referred to as a soaper quite a bit, and that's what uh, other people refer to themselves as. So, soapper is, is what I've heard. A soapologist. <laughs> I like soapologist. I think that I think yeah. that's what I put on it the thing. It, but, it sounds more, uh, yeah, it sounds more official, more scientific, I guess. Yeah. But dirty yeah. rocker soap.
0: It. That's what we're talking right now. We're talking about this whole project. When did it start? Um, what was the inspiration behind it? And um, does it work?
1: Yeah, it, it, it's funny. <laughs> Bed bowling and beyond. Someone just put up. That's pretty great. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's your stealing it. <laughs> so <clears throat> it was an idea I had. You know how um, lots of artists and bands have uh, different types of wine, liquor, beer, uh, hot sauce, I- I coffees. Um, and, and I was just like, man, what don't like artists have and, and, um, that just they really about, need something that they really yeah, need yeah. too. Mo- mo- most of us, most of us need soapologists There's another one. So, um, but so I, it was just in the back of my head and a friend of mine, uh, makes her own soaps. And so I was, uh, I was like, that might be the way to go. She's like, yeah, why not? She's like, she's like, no one's really doing it, you know, uh, from, like artists and stuff like that i was like yeah and so i gave it some thought and this is going back it's probably 2017 2018 and then i came up with the name i'm like dirty rocker so uh, that's, i love that name and and uh came up with the logo and all that stuff and i was like let me get all the licenses and and trademarks in place and then once i have that when i have some time i'll get to it well 2020 hits and I have nothing but time. Nothing so. but
0: time, right.
1: <laughs> exactly. So I started, uh, my friend actually, um, like, we formulated like four different soaps. And so I'm just going to start with four. Well, I, don't, I, I honestly don't know if people are going to be into this. Not realizing what a, there there is a soap culture. You know what I mean? Not realizing any of it. Just learning as I go along.
0: Well, and didn't, isn't there actually, didn't Body Shop start out as a sort of a soap? company I think it might have or, or I, and there's another I, place I, that makes soap. Is this called soap?
1: Oh I don't know. I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe I, I know right. Body Shop uh, Body Shop was one of the first to do all natural and I know um I forget her name the uh the, the founder of the company used to travel around the world and meet and just find out different ways of uh making like skin products and stuff like that through like people like Way out, you know, in the middle of Africa somewhere, and and, and stuff, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, um, anyway, so I I was like, okay, I just want mine to be all natural. Um, I, I have eczema, so whenever I'd go to a hotel, and use not not all the time, but but sometimes ninety percent I use the soap, soap there. Yeah, yeah, and I. Oh, that's, see, hor- like,
0: that, that's that's yeah. always yeah. not good soap usually
1: Re- really harsh and, and lots of perfumes and i don't like like smelling like anything all day that's <laughs> you know and, <laughs> but uh so anyway you know they it is what it is but but i uh i'm like you know and i i, I got together with my friend and, and we formulated like four soaps and do you remember those uh, four names was, were,
0: were those the ones that were Adelia's rose was that one of the original no, ones? no
1: that uh, that's a Del- delia's rose that those are my new that's from a fragrance line uh, I can't consider those all natural because I'm using fragrance oils and not um, and not but uh, yeah I'll get natural that in a second. but no the, the the four that we started with was the tea tree Coal, the lavender wood uh, the pure unscented and the uh, citrus basilica. And I still have those to this day and we started with four now we're up to about twelve and and uh, my friend makes some we make some here we have a, a shop set up in the house and and uh, yeah it's it's really cool, man we just you know come up with ideas like that that <laughs> the whole citrus uh, basil soap that we have it's called citrus basilico um, uh, just it, like stuff goes through your head and you're like, man, I bet you that would smell really good together so I got an orange and I cut up an orange and put basil in with the orange <laughs> as like a salad and I ate it and I was like if it tastes as good it has to smell even better. So she did it and she and she experimented and came up with the formula and that's one of, that's, that's kind that's of like so you're working so cool. at a
0: weed dispensary but you're doing it for soap and it's kind of just I, like hey maybe yeah. we, you know I'll try that's this. That's exactly
1: right. That's exactly right. <laughs> you're so, hybriding all that, this yeah. stuff. Yeah, and that's how we come up with a lot of our scents, you know. And what um, dispensaries? We, we, going
0: to dispensaries?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, uh, you, you, you know, know what would be, be really good. good? <laughs> you know, would be good. Windex and grout. No. <laughs> you know, but but uh, yeah. So that's how we come up with stuff. Now, now, uh, Idelia's rose, the one that you're talking about, we have that, and um, sandalwood pine, and um, And Watermelon Crush. Watermelon
0: Crush, and I also have another one here called Cafe Scrub.
1: The Cafe Scrub is all natural, and that actually has coffee grounds in it um, for exfoliation, finely ground. And um, uh, that, we got an idea. A friend of mine, um, she just had a scrub that was basically coffee grounds. And she's like, man, it would be so good to have this in soap that you know, instead of just exfoliating, then going washing, you could do everything at one in one shop. And I'm like, All right, let me try it. So I, I test her on some, sent it to her, and she's like, This stuff is awesome. Keep sending it. Where can we buy it? Well, that's, uh, dirtyrockersoapco.com there it is <laughs> but, we're, uh, we're going
0: to get to that for sure we're going to get to the yeah. to where everybody can go grab some of the soap in fact you know what Vic yeah. maybe we should put up the link right now because uh, everybody in the chat room and if you are listening to us on the audio make it on over to the chat because you want to go to dirtyrockersoapco.com that's the website and of course there's Rachel's um, other social media there if you want to start following right now because I'm sure you have links there right at uh, yeah yeah yeah
1: yep, and at There's Dirty Rocker Box.
0: Soap at Dirty Rocker Soap it has its own Instagram page, folks. So um, the orders will come rushing in. Have you ever thought, yep. Rachel, about doing like sort of a Dirty Rocker, Rocker like signature series soap, like you know Johnny Depp's armpit, something like that? We
1: <laughs> <laughs> we have um uh we we have thought about, you know, just doing a licensing thing and getting people to license their name and uh, first hope that they like, of course. Yeah. Uh, but we're, we're, I, I don't want to, um, get to that yet. I like the the pace that the company is growing at because I mean, we've only been around for uh, a little over a year, about 14 months, 15 months. And I honestly did not expect it to take off the way it has like, um, we uh I, I'm out of a lot of stuff. We are out of stock on a lot of stuff because it, it um we make enough to you know, we don't o- we, we don't over produce because we are a small company. So we don't wanna have stuff sitting around for a long time. Um but yeah, we're we're out of mostly everything but they're hard at work manufacturing right now. So um I could smell it because it's we set up shop in the house and I can show it from here. If snowball, you're living but,
0: proof of it and we're yeah. all about the same age, you, your skin is glowing. I will say that. <laughs> so, so there you, you're your best sort of advertisement for there, the soap. There we right? go.
1: There we go. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, uh, it's been fun, man. And, uh, it's a different way to communicate because a lot, uh, obviously a lot of people that a lot of customers are, um, Skid Row fans and, um, it's really cool communicating with, with fans of the band on a different topic other than, than, than the band you know and people send me pictures um uh, when they get their soap which i love and and they'll send it uh to or, or post about it and i'll make sure it gets put on the um the the dirty rocker soap instagram and i love that it's like giving my favorite thing in life is creating and whether it's soap, whether it's building an end table, whether it's writing a song, whether it's editing a video or, or scribbling on a pet, i love creating. And to see that people setting stuff up for a cool picture or, you know, whatever, whatever they, they send, the fact that something that I created is making someone else creative, that's, that's the money right there, man. Like being creative I, to me is one of the most important things in life
0: and inspiring others to be creative as well. You, yeah. You, yeah. You, you mentioned uh video editing. Have you uh, ve- edited some of your own Skid Row videos? Uh
1: no, I I've done like uh you know shorts and little ad mats and stuff like that, but I haven't I haven't um uh, done like a real video. I would like to. Editing is tedious, but the end result is always cool, but What I did find out that you can't make everyone happy, (laughs) (laughs) ever. But you (laughs) know what?
0: We've tried to make everybody happy on today's episode of In the Trenches with Ryan Roxy. We've been around for about the same amount of time as a podcast as 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 the Soap Company has. Uh, We found that in 2020 we did have this big void of time. And that's where we kind of put uh, our effort into making quality shows as much as we could. And if you like this show and you like what you're listening to, just hit that subscribe button right now down there by the uh, YouTube official channel. And we would appreciate uh, any sort of animation. There you go. uh, Going on there. Uh, Thank you very much for listening and be a part of it today. But you know, the old saying is one hand washes the other, both hands wash the feet. And that couldn't be more aptly titled. You know, I, my, my buddy Weeds used to s- said that all the time, and it's a true true statement. And it couldn't be yep. uh, more true with Dirty Rocker Soap. So if you if you don't mind. If you have a couple mm. extra minutes, I would like it to get just a couple of these questions in because, like I said, all yeah. those people, again, that that uh, contributed to the show and had so many different questions, we couldn't get all the questions put together, but I have a few because I want to get a little bit back into the rock and roll. Again, Vic, if you can put up that uh, sort of uh, page that has all the people that contributed to this uh, week's episode of In the Trenches, we, we do appreciate it. Because every single week we uh, try to single out one person and uh, we have this thing called fan of the week. So we would like to right now sort of pay tribute. And this is a good week because our fan of the week right now is named Rachel. Perfect. How about that? So that is Rachel Loder. We all know her, we all love her as Radical Rage and you could see as she did her best to promote this week's podcast. If you would like to be I a fan, if you would like to be a fan of the week, uh just go on to uh our Instagram at Ryan Roxy or at In the Trenches podcast and uh sort of find out details. But uh here we are with Rachel Bowen And uh, this is a question that uh, came from the people. It uh, came from at Nick underscore Harris nine musics. Uh, And I want to get about this with music uh, oriented. What started your love for Spectre basses and how have they impacted the skid row sound? Because are you still playing Spectre
1: basses? I am. uh, I've been with Spectre since 88. And they were based in New Jersey in the Kramer factory. Uh, which was a Neptune. that wasn't far uh, from where I grew up, but I, um, I, I just tried one, and that 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 pretty much was um, that that w- once I tried it and I heard it through my rig, and just it, it, it changed. It was like a light went off. It's like okay, I need one of these, right? And so they, um, uh, the late great Chris. Hoff Snyder built one for me and they asked me and said what color do you want it we'll, we'll make you a, one to your specs and i'm like i want it as gaudy as possible <laughs> i want it to stand out and nobody else has and he's like okay i go i want it light pink with silver sparkles and gold hardware He's like, that sounds horrible. I go, exactly. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> that was the one. And oh, it's funny. awful. <laughs> yeah, the it, cruel oh, bass. The, you got the yeah, cruel so, base. <laughs> yeah, so he calls me and, uh, when it was done. He, he would call me in different phases of it. He's like, well, you can come pick it up. And I go, all right, cool. I said, uh, how's it look? He goes, terrible. It looks horrible. <laughs> <And> it, <laughs> they did a great job on it, but these colors are terrible. So, uh, so I went and I picked it up and Man, I played that all throughout. Like, I I I still play specters, but that bass I retired about probably about five or six years ago because I just didn't want to leave in the house anymore. Um, It's beat up. It's a hang on a second. Got it. Go
0: ahead. (laughs) We're going to see the ugliest bass on the planet, folks.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, this is the one. This is the one. I have it in my office, so that if I have oh an idea, this is this it. is.
0: She's been retired now.
1: Yeah, she's the, retired. You can see. Gotta from love that gold around.
0: hardware. Yep, and and there's some uh, it, nice it, black electrical tape that I'm sure holds it, in the
1: <laughs> holds it the together. battery component. Yep, uh, but it's beat. It's beat up, man. Like, and did that um, play on
0: a lot of the uh, a lot of the hits?
1: It, it played on some at the time we must have a lot of song in this key right here. I don't know. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Definitely. We, uh, we I, I, at the time that I got that, we had already, I, I, I want to say that we were already in production for the first record. I'm not 100% sure. Um, it could have been 80, early 89. I picked that up. But, um, yeah, I think so. I was doing a lot of stuff on Fenders, uh, on this old 70s, uh, P base, 78 mocha P base that I got. It's a go-to. That's a go-to. Yeah. And, and I still have it. I, it's, it's just records so well. Uh, but that, that has a few thousand shows on it for sure. And I, that, that's why I retired it. I was like, this is the first one they built me. It was built by my friend, you know, who passed and, and he, uh, it's just something I didn't want. And what really made me do it is snake. Um, the guitar that he played in all the videos, I think it was a uh, ESP that he played in all the videos, uh, somebody stole. So uh, out on the road somewhere. So I'm like, I'm not, I don't want that to happen to this. There's, there's too much sentimental value, right. uh, to well, go with this. You know,
0: what's funny is we, we do have a segment that we like to play. And you know what, we'll play it in honor, just the animation in honor of snake losing that guitar, because I'm glad to see that you did not lose your bass. but we have this one called the one that got away. (laughs) That's for snake. Your ESP will be missed. Uh, the, the thing is, though, I, uh, do, you, do you have, Do you, I mean, because luckily you have that original base, but is there a, a piece of equipment that you might have had to sell or got stolen or you lost it that you wish you uh,
1: hadn't? Man, yeah, a lot. Um, my basement 10 amp I had as a kid, I wish I never got rid of that head. I sold it for like 50 bucks. But, you know, I was I was 18, so 50 bucks was like a lot of money back then, you know? Uh, but, yeah, I, w- when I lived in Atlanta, I, um, I just started going through all my guitars. I'm like, I haven't touched that one in a year. It's been three years. So I sold everything off that I didn't want, and now I want like half of them back. You know what I mean? It's like this old, this Hagstrom 8-string that I had, I sold, and I... Legend has it, or rumor has it, I should say, that Brendan O'Brien bought it. Producer. And it was, yeah, and it was played on the Springsteen record that he did. Holy crap. And, and then after that, he sold it. Um, I have a friend on the case trying to find it because it, before I owned it, I bought it in the Guitar Center in Houston. Before I owned it, bass player from the Butthole Surfers owned it. And it, it would beat, like, because he used to hit cymbals with it and shit. And so so down the neck, like I went to play it and I was like, ow, (laughs) because all the finish was broken. I cut myself. I was like, I'm already bleeding. I only played the bass for like 30 seconds. I want this one. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. So I I just took steel wool and went down the side and got rid of all the high spots, but it was such a cool sounding bass. I don't know why I got rid of it, but yeah, there's a few of them that I got rid of that I wish I could get back, you know?
0: Well, you know what, when, when all that soap money starts coming in, when, when, you start yeah. roll, when you start rolling in the soap money, then I guess you could just send people out that they can sort yeah, of yeah. get people to grab it and, you know, get loan sharks yeah. out.
1: <laughs> yeah, there you go. Right.
0: Having a keen oh, sense bad. of detail, which I have been noticing, I've noticed a couple of things, and I must applaud you for one on your hairline. It's been. It looks amazing with all these old pictures that Vic is putting out, and then this this, this current hairline, amazing, by the way. But this I've my, also it's my COVID hair.
1: <laughs>
0: I've also noticed one other thing, and this is a good question. It comes from at Gina underscore Lane at Gina Lane. She goes, "Do you like Kiss?" And I see in well, back of you, you have a little rock and roll over uh,
1: or, bandana yeah.
0: or something like that. What is that?
1: It, it's it's a sticker. Aha it's a complete sticker. I want to get that in the frame. I'm just looking for a frame. Uh, my friend Ryan gave it to me, Ryan cook. And uh, oh, I know Ryan, you know what? We're going to be touring. You know, We're going to be touring together. with
0: Ryan, with Ace Fraley and, uh, you know, knock on wood, fingers crossed, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, September, yeah. October folks, alicecooper.com. Yeah, he, he's slash he's t-
1: another neighbor. He's another neighbor. Damn. So, uh,
0: What's what's the phenomenon with every rock and roller moving to Nashville? Because Chuck Garrick, our bass player, lives there. Um, Kyler Clark, Alice Cooper's assistant. Do you know Kyler as well? Yep. Yeah, he's been to the house. Okay. So, so, I mean, so many. Paul Taylor, of course. uh, uh, Yeah. Alice Cooper alumni, as well as winger. He actually
1: texted during this interview. <laughs> what do <are you> say? <laughs>
0: I'm watching. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so many rock and rollers have moved to Nashville. What is the phenomenon behind that? And when did you move there?
1: I moved here uh, in 2015. And it was at the urging of Ryan Cook. Because I, I lived in Atlanta for a long time. I was it, I lived there for convenience because you could fly... Anywhere direct. If I wanted to direct to Stockholm or direct to, you know, Des Moines, I could get it. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a great uh, Delta hub. So um, I kind of just got complacent. And then one day I just noticed, I was like, wow, there is no music scene here. Like, no, there's nothing. Like, all, all, all the cool venues are now restaurants. And bands were kind of avoiding Atlanta and just going, you know, to, to." Uh, like Red and stuff, which is fine. But I'm just like, man, and then Ryan for years, he's like, dude, you're a songwriter. You need to live in Nashville. And I was like, you're right. You're right. You're right. And I never did it. And then one day, uh, I actually drove from Atlanta to Nashville to write with my friend Elizabeth and a couple other people. And uh, Elizabeth has a publishing deal. And she's like, yeah, let's write. And then a woman that I don't even, I didn't know. I, I know now, but I didn't know at the time you know, we wrote a song in a few hours and it was really cool tune. And she just goes, where are you heading now? I go, I'm heading back to Atlanta. She goes, why don't you live in Nashville? And I was <laughs> like, I go, well, what, what makes you say that? And she's like, you're a songwriter, man. And she goes, and there's no state income tax. <laughs> and I was like, oh. so, so I, I, I was driving in my truck on the way home and I was like, fuck it. I'm going to move to Nashville. You know? and i got home and i thought about it some more and i called ryan i said dude i'm gonna come up there i'm gonna schedule a look at a few houses uh, but i i did everything within a like a five mile radius from where him and Jeannie live and actually it's ryan's girlfriend my friend genie that
0: it it, the it one. helps
1: me with yeah. the, soap, with, with well, the it soap helps you with the soap oh cool with the soap so um with I, I, I looked at uh, I got the listings for a few houses and I saw this one and I was like, "Wow, man!" And the guy's like, "You want to make an offer?" I was like, "Dude, I'm nowhere close to uh, to selling my house. I can't make a contingency because I mean, I like my house is so not ready. It just looks like a dude palace. I have 900 <laughs> skulls and crosses, and you know, <laughs> and, and you had so that base I, uh,
0: somewhere. I'm sure that base was yeah, the was base like
1: <laughs> yeah, it was hanging on a wall, you know." So so, um I saw the house that we're in now and I was like, uh man, he said, Make an offer. I said, It says no contingencies. He's like, Make an offer. So I made an offer and they accepted. I was like, Okay.
0: Moving to Nashville.
1: It was was thirty days from when I saw looked at this house till I moved into this house. And that was including fixing a house up in Atlanta, packing, going through 15 or 14 years of shit. (laughs) I was in every closet in the house. Mm. Uh, Man, it it, it was, it was really stressful, but then then I came here and that was the reason. And, and I lived in Atlanta for 14 years and I only wrote with one person and that was snake. When he came to Atlanta to write, Uh, I've been in the first year, two years that I uh, lived here, I wrote with like 10 different people and did some sessions with people. So you got right into the
0: circle. You got right into it.
1: I, I wouldn't say I'm in the circle because I'm always going to be the rock guy, yeah. you know, but I think the I, the rockers are starting to
0: outnumber though. There's, they're starting to build their and build their own yeah. ecosystem there in Nashville. I,
1: I, uh, yeah, yeah, it, for sure. Because I mean, it, I, a ton of us live here, but as far as like, yeah, you know, cause I was like, I never wrote a country song. So I went in and attempted and a few of them made it to the demo stage. Um, you know, uh, I don't know whether anything's been pitched yet or not, but it's just cool to create. Like I was saying before, I love creating. And, you know, it's just really cool to have friends live, live around here and say, dude, I have an idea. You want to come over and work on it? And it's only 10 a.m. It's Like, all right, let me finish my coffee. I'm there. And it's just cool, man. I just love doing that. It, it's so much fun. Whether it's so music, fun,
0: kind of whether it's touring, whether it's soap, I think it's all creative and you're yeah. actually really blossoming out of Nashville. Um, there was one thing that I did, actually, when I was looking at, at the uh, Moscow Peace Festival uh, poster, and then I started thinking about Nashville, I was like going, wow, I really have to uh, acknowledge this, because it's not the most positive note, but we sort of lost one of our own uh, classic rockers uh, this last week, and I, I do want to... Um, give him a lot of credit because he's a really, really a good guy. And I'm talking about Jeff Labar from the band Mm. Cinderella. And uh, we just want to give a little tribute and um, sort of, yeah, I mean, like when we were talking before the podcast, you say, you guys never properly toured, you guys had done shows together, but you both came up in the same scene. And I feel that way yeah. sort of, and there's a picture that I think that Vic might have of when I interviewed Jeff a couple years ago and, um, uh, I I look like a child interviewing somebody. I don't know, Vic. Do, do you have that? Uh, you, there it is.
1: <laughs> there you I, go. And
0: I don't know what sort of phallic thing I have in my hand, but apparently back in a few years ago, that was considered the uh, <laughs> that was considered a the microphone. to interview mic. <laughs> now you might find that sort of. Can you go back to that pic? You might find that sort of uh, microphone on uh, Pornhub at this point. But uh, <laughs> but there's Jeff, and we just want to pay tribute to him because. Uh, he passed yeah. away last week, and uh, rest in yeah. peace, Jeff, and a great guy. I mean, did you run across him in, uh, in, in Nashville?
1: Yeah. Well, coming out of the same, we were on the same circuit. Um, right. when, like, The first few times I saw Cinderella was at a club called The Galaxy, it's a little bar in New Jersey, um, and he wasn't even in the band yet. And then eventually, you know, there was changes made, uh, and then Jeff was in the band. And the whole just makeup and the energy on stage, you know, I mean, Eric and Tom were there from the beginning and they, they had their thing. And, but man, when Jeff joined the band, it just took on a a whole new energy and the playing was um, obviously different. He had a different um, style and just his stage presence, man. It was just, it was really cool. Positive positive energy.
0: Always. Yeah. and,
1: and then eventually getting to know him, um, just from the few shows we did together. And I think both of us were in Japan at the same time for our first tours and we were kind of crisscrossing and they came out to show and, and he, he was always just a really genuine guy and, uh, <laughs> obviously a very good player. He, uh, he actually filled in for snake snake had an issue with his arm it was it wasn't carpal tunnel but it was kind of like carpal tunnel and i I'm, I'm not sure exactly what it was called hmm. but he's like dude he's like i can't even i can't even pick he goes i can't even hold on to a pick so we called jeff and he came in for, and filled in for two shows and it was just just fun just you know old road dog stories you know <laughs> it's, it's great but uh yeah he's gonna be missed man it, it was sad to hear about that yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I know that, um, I know that we'll, we'll definitely be paying tributes all the way, um, throughout and we will definitely have a drink together in his honor when we meet in, uh, February. Maybe before yep. because um, we are headed out to Nashville uh, with the Alice Cooper awesome. band, Ace Fraley. and I know Ryan's going to be Ryan Cook's going to be playing with Ace. I'll yep. be playing with Alice, and uh, yep. you know I'm, I'm staying, already on the list. I'm staying. Positive. <laughs> are you? That's <laughs> yeah. N- I'm like, Nashville I'm like, is the me new me the Los list. Angeles and the I new know. New York I City know. to try and get in on the list. But I, uh, know. <laughs> I know we'll see you there for sure. Uh, yeah. And it's been nothing but a pleasure. Nothing but a good time. I almost like quoting a poison song <laughs> while, I, <laughs> while I interview the, the basis of Skid Row. But it's been it's been a great time having you on, Rachel. I, I want to just recap real quick and get people to uh, go to DirtyRockerSoapCo.com and that's at DirtyRockerSoap on Instagram and at official Rachel Bolin on Instagram so you can follow all his social medias. Um, my, in closing, is there... Anything, any sort of life, a quote, or sort of lessons that you've learned from somebody that you might want to pass on to our listeners?
1: Uh, man, it's it's from my dad. My dad always said stuff that didn't make sense at the time. It didn't seem to make sense, but it just it resonated and still does. He, he'd always say, do your own thing and be yourself. And that putting those two things together and don't be afraid of hard work was another one. Uh, don't be afraid those, of hard
0: work. I like that.
1: Yeah, that, that really applies a lot these days and not to sound like the old guy, but that really does apply because it, I, I see sometimes people just like, well, you could make this go a little further, <laughs> So I just want to shake them, but you got to work a little harder. But those were, those were three things, especially like do your own thing. Cause, they never. Um, we were talking about piercing our noses and stuff. Uh, when I pierced my nose, and we still had rehearsed in the garage of the house that I grew up in, and my parents were there and uh, lived there. And he came home and he goes, he looks at me, he goes, "Hey, pal, you got something on your nose like <laughs> that?" And I was like, "I'm just gonna go." I'm and doing my own thing. In. I'm doing yeah, my own just, thing. <laughs> well, he just walked in and he said it again to me. I, I go, "You hate it." He goes, no. He goes, do your own thing, man. Uh, and like he used to oh, say yeah. that to me when I was a kid too, because I used to take spray paint and spray lines in my hair and go to school. You're like, do your own thing, man. <laughs> it's, it's you. <laughs> don't be afraid of being you. You know. What? And so, if, if, if I could say that, to, the advice is just don't be afraid of being you unless you're an (laughs)
0: asshole (laughs) and don't be an asshole i like that as well well not to come across like two old guys just giving it make sure you follow rachel on the facebook
1: and the instagram because (laughs) skid row is on facebook i'm not on facebook but skid row is
0: so yeah follow on the facebook (laughs) follow the skid row on the uh dot (laughs)
1: <laughs> the Twitter and the Instagram and the website. <laughs> That's www.kinro.com.
0: <laughs> at least it's not HTTP backslash yeah. semicolon. I never
1: remember that whole thing. That's <laughs> a, I still
0: don't. But at the same time, <laughs> uh, Dirty Rocker Soap is out there, and I will be following suit, doing my own thing with Ryan Roxy Foot Spray. Uh, so we can actually team up together because, you know, we can have our own little go. celebrity things. I think Foot Spray is something. Something that all of us rockers could use and appreciate, especially when you're on a tour bus. I think foot, yeah. foot sprays. Oh are,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I luck. I'm lucky. I never suffered from the uh, foot odor affliction. So. Oh, I don't but either. man, I, I, I don't either. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't. <laughs> I know. I've said surprised. too much. <laughs> no, no. I'm not saying you did, but man, some guys. Oh. <laughs> some guys it's just like you. Either sleep with your shoes on or you sleep on the roof. <laughs> Simple as that. You know? it, it, there's
0: been some buses I've been on where I requested the top bunk for that, for the only reason of that, because yeah. people would take their boots. They'd take their, yeah. you know, their, their, it would always be some sort of Converse uh, sneakers, all-stars. Converse oh. all-stars, I think for some reason, really, really take the skank in. They really, really uh. retain the scent. <laughs> oh.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, But hopefully Dirty
0: yeah. Rocker Soap will cure all that and we'll get to hook up again on the cruise and yeah. later this yeah, year.
1: I'll, all right? Yeah, I'll see you when you're here for sure.
0: Well, well, hang on for one more second. Uh we've had Rachel Bowen. It's been a pleasure uh in the trenches, folks. Next week we will have as our guest, we will have Bridget West from the New York Loose. There you go. And we will be very uh cool to hang out with her and uh, catch up with her another west coast girl who's now living in the uk but uh, from all over the world uh, thanks again for tuning in to in the trenches supporting it uh congratulations to radical rage Rach, rachel for being our fan of the week and again thank you very much rachel bowen for being our guest
1: yeah man thank you
0: all right until next time folks i'm ryan roxy enjoy the ride In the Trenches with Ryan Roxy. Hello. Moby, give him his guitars back.